Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Just Saying. I'm Shay, and I'm here with Jerris. And we have a great episode for you today. Our first real episode. We're going to start off with Ahsoka, the Disney Plus series, go over some reactions on what's been going on and maybe what to expect in the future. And then we're going to dive right into the sports world. But first, we just want to say thank you. Your guys' reaction to our first podcast episode was absolutely amazing. Um, Just to give you a little insight on our analytics, we gained 26 total clicks and 11 followers. Woo! So again, we really appreciate your guys' support. It was definitely a lot more than we were expecting just from a kind of trial episode. So really appreciate it. And we hope that you enjoy listening to this episode today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, We're excited, like we said in our last episode, to do this journey together and we'll just see where it takes us. Uh, Forgive me for this episode. I think I'm battling a little bit of a cold, Um, but that's not going to stop me. That's not going to stop us. We're going to keep going. Dayquil's just got to step up their game. (laughs) Uh, Real quick here, we do have a new Spotify page that is for the actual podcast. New Spotify page. We finally have social media for our podcast as well. It is our name, just saying. Um, So please be sure to follow, like, comment on anything on any of these pages, and we'll be sure to leave links in the description. So you can find all these, uh, you know, social media pages and stuff like that. So without further ado, let's start with Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Wow. What an episode today, Shay, let me tell you. Why don't you uh, take us through? Phenomenal episode. Phenomenal series so far. Um, it's, I th- I, besides The Mandalorian, I think this is the best that... Star Wars has been in quite a quite a while. Uh, the last episode just phenomenal. With uh, spoiler alert, with Anakin coming back and Hayden Christensen coming back to play Anakin, and it was really just a love letter from Dave Filoni, the creator of Ahsoka and Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Uh, just a love letter to Ahsoka and to the fans and just to Star Wars as a whole. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful episode. And then we're, we we watched the new one uh, today here on Wednesday. And wow, Thrawn is here. Yeah, I did not expect him to uh, roll up with his Star Destroyer and a full army of clones ready to go. The... Uh, the galaxy is in some deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I don't I don't know how Ahsoka is gonna be able to stop all that. Um, especially he has what are presumably some of the Night Sisters working for him or working under him. And then <clears throat> Sabine he lets Sabine go only to follow her and track her, and he she does find Ezra. From Star Wars Rebels. Fantastic. But she doesn't decide to tell him how how they found him and you know how he's getting home, if at all. So I'm really excited moving forward because uh, it oh man, the last two episodes were killer, and I think it's only gonna get gonna get better. I agree. I do have to say, Baylar is one of the most fascinating characters to me. He was a Jedi. He saw the fall of the Jedi Order. Yeah. And now he's, I just feel like he's kind of lost, even though he seems to know what he wants. Yeah, something, something, as we saw in the episode here, something is calling to him. He, he feels another power calling to him on this new planet, in this new galaxy. Um, but what, what that is, we don't know what his motives are. We don't really know. He, we, we can kind of gather from the episode that, yeah, he's working 
for Thrawn and, and they found him and they helped get get to him. But is he actually going to continue to work for Thrawn? Thrawn, you know, basically was going to just leave him there anyway. He didn't really care about whether he was going to be with them or not or die or not. But um, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's pretty interesting. So I, I'm really interested to see how that character evolves going forward. Unfortunately, the actor passed away after he finished filming all of his scenes. So in future seasons, he will no longer be with us, which is very unfortunate and very sad. But thankfully, he was able to finish all of his filming before he passed, and he's been phenomenal. He's been great. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really, really pumped for next episode for sure. All right, with that being said, um, we just wanted to give a brief uh, sequence of thoughts on The Flash. Um, we watched the movie a couple days ago, and I gotta say, with all the hate that it's gotten, with its terrible CGI, I honestly did not think it was that bad of a movie. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, the CGI overall i thought was there were some fantastic scenes fantastic you know computer graphics everything but there were some scenes that were just what is going on <laughs> i mean like really <laughs> to save the baby you had to throw it in a microwave and the babies looked terrible they looked like Annabelle dolls, like nightmarish. <laughs> like you look at them and it's just like, ugh, you just wanted to throw up. Yeah, yeah, they they look so bad. But again, other parts of the movie, you know, Batman's whole chase scene, uh, the Flash going into the Speed Force before he gets to the weird little like time room he's in or whatever. That all looks amazing. Like that was great. And for me personally, you know, the Flash is my favorite superhero. Uh, that means he's biased. <laughs> I was really worried going in because I saw the comments, all the hate that the movie got. The movie did not do well in theaters. It did not do well, you know, coming onto HBO Max or what is now Max. Um, so I, I was really worried going in and I, I was pleasantly surprised. I was, I was disappointed with the visuals because... Again, I'm biased, so I expect just the top. But the story I thought was actually really good. And towards the end of the movie, you know, the movie's been out for a while now. So if you haven't seen it now, what are you doing? But, you know, him going back to essentially kill his mom, you know, saying goodbye to her, you know, that... That hit me right in the feels. I gotta say, out of all the superhero movies I've watched, that was definitely one of the most saddest scenes because he knows what he has to do. And unlike, say, when Iron Man had to put on the gauntlet and snap Thanos and his entire um, army out of existence and snap everyone back, like, he passed away, but Barry has to live with that. He yep. has to live with the fact that he could not fix it and he had to go back and undo what he did, which meant killing, essentially killing his mom. Exactly. And that's part of the reason why The Flash is my favorite superhero, because from the comics, it's a very tragic story. And with Flashpoint in the comics, and this is essentially Flashpoint in the DC universe is kicking off, you know, James Gunn's whole vision. Um, his story, in my opinion, is one of the greatest out there because he tries to go back and fix it and everything seems great at first when he does, but then he realizes it. No, <laughs> everything is so, so, so wrong. And he has to go back in time and, and you know, like we just said, say goodbye to his mom and he has to live with the fact that he's he is essentially killing her and it's just 
so heartbreaking. So Ezra Miller, in my opinion, did a great job, even with all his you know controversy and and all that. He did a very good job, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Hopefully, if he comes back to play the Flash, if they bring him back, hopefully they do it justice and the vi- <laughs> the visuals are better as a whole. Uh, you know, but we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. By the way, my hot take. I did not get the hot take the last episode. Only Jairus did. My oh hot, my hot take though, was if Zack Snyder was allowed to f- finish his vision for the DCEU and do all the Justice League movies he had planned and all this stuff, it was going to be better than the MCU. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> I'm an MCU fanboy, so. I love the MCU with all my heart, absolutely. But I, I just Zack Snyder's Justice League, the, the Snyder cut, the real cut, was that's the holy grail in my opinion. And if he was able to finish that vision, I, I, tr- I think it would have been better than the MCU. But we'll never get to see it. So we'll never know. So MCU is still supreme. Facts, I can't deny it. They're 13, 14 years ahead now. I mean, DC is never going to catch up. So, yeah, but I, I'm rooting for him. Really, I I really hope the the DCU um, gets jump started with James Gunn. I think it's in really good hands. So, yeah, I I agree. Hopefully, um, the Flash, even though the Blue Beetle didn't do too well in theaters as well, we have not watched it yet. Um, but hopefully moving forward people start to gravitate towards dc and james gunn makes it a great a great universe in in its own right so we shall see all right let's dive into sports woo sports <laughs> first things first baseball shohei otani done for the season this is old news right a few weeks old Done for the season, um, but he did have surgery yesterday. And the big news coming out of that is that he will be ready to hit next season, 2024 season, but he will not be able to pitch until 2025. So he has to go through a whole season without pitching, a whole season without him being the best player in baseball because he can he can do it all right so jerris i'm curious for your thoughts i have my own thoughts but i'm curious about yours what we didn't think before all this came out that you know otani being hurt was gonna devalue him in any way moving on to next season and how he was gonna have a contract either with the angels even though we don't think that's really possible or with a new team but with this news now that he's he's gonna he's not gonna be able to pitch until 2025. How how do you think that affects his contract with a new team potentially? Well, Shay, I got to tell you, um, I definitely think uh, his value is gonna take a little bit of a dive. Um, I, I don't expect it to be as big as everyone says. Like, obviously, people are probably gonna be like. Oh yeah, no, he's he's not going to get like a big payday, right? Mm-hmm. But I understand the concern with him not being able to pitch until 2025 because you got to think like which Shohei Otani are you going to get? Are you going to get prime Shohei Otani or are you going to get Shohei Otani who just had elbow surgery and now can't pitch like he used to? Right. So I do understand the concern, but The season he just had was absolutely historic. And I think it's worth the gamble. Yeah, I if I were a GM or an owner of a team, I think I would agree with you. However, I think his value is gonna take quite a hit, in my opinion. His he's a he's a great hitter, obviously. If he didn't have his season cut short there was a chance he was going to break Aaron Judge's home run record just from last year right um but 
his whole thing, right, his whole value was that he was this two-way player. And he was dominant on both, both ends, right? Now, he has this injury. Everyone has injuries, right? And that, like, we get that. That's fine. He's going to still be a hitter. Is his injuries going to affect his hitting ability next season, though? We don't know. It could, but we don't know. Yeah, that's the risk you take with, uh, you know, signing him in the offseason. Um, I think really what's going to increase his value is the bidding. Like every team still, yeah. in my opinion, is going to be on him in one way or another. And just the bidding more that comes out of it, you know, we'll see. But I still think he's going to get that big payday contract no matter what. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to get a, a big contract, I think. Um, the numbers before his injury, you know, $500 million plus, I think those, I think the numbers like, like that are unfortunately not going to happen anymore. I think it is going to be under the $500 million mark. Uh, but, you know, time, only time will tell. He, he is a freak. He is one of one. And... You know, if, if anybody could prove everybody else wrong, you know, it's going to be him. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah. All right. So in other baseball news, moving on, the Tampa Bay Rays finally are closing in on a new stadium in downtown St. Petersburg. This is amazing for the Rays organization um, for a long time since – Tropicana Field was built in the 90s. It has continuously been rated the worst arena in baseball. And the attendance numbers have been pretty much bottom the entire time. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a little surprised they're staying in St. Pete. However, after reading where they're going to be, uh, build a new stadium and stuff like that, I I think it's I think it's a good move. The concept are looks great that it looks great for every new stadium hopefully they're able to get it really close to how it looks um you know as just a fan of baseball as it you know as a whole i think it's great that the rays are going to stay in the area in the region hopefully this brings fans to the ballpark because you know rays fans are notorious for not showing up to the ballpark uh, Jarris, as a Rays fan, what do you think about them staying in St. Pete, though? Um, I I do agree with you, Shay. I was a little surprised that they're going to stay in uh, St. Pete, especially with the way St. Pete has treated them. Uh, we all know that they've been trying to get out of their current lease for a while now. Yeah. Um, it ends in 2027. But because St. Pete doesn't have the sports teams that, say, Tampa Bay has, they've been trying to clean on to the Tampa Bay Rays for as long as they can. So I am a little surprised, but I think it can work, especially because not only are they building the stadium, but they're also redoing that entire district. Yeah, exactly. As well. So if they have, like, hotels and, and a shopping center and all the other amenities that all the big – uh, sports stadiums have i i really think it could work and being in downtown you got more less of a drive less you know less traffic and more easily accessible to uh to fans that want to go to the games yeah i agree hope hopefully they're able to like i said get it as close to the concepts as possible because it did it looked phenomenal and they do have a, a lot of plans to revitalize that whole area. So I, I hope I hope it all works out. Glad they're staying in, in Tampa, even though I hate the Rays as a Red Sox fan. Glad they're still here, Ooh. still have games to go to, even though it's still it's far away for us. But, you know, that's all right. Hopefully that means we can open our top deck, right? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> if uh, not, we might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What was that stadium built for then? <laughs> Moving on, we have just quick uh, little division updates and wild card updates. Division races 
are heating up. The Rays right now are behind Baltimore by only two games. Near we, the we, final stretch of the season. Yeah, we did almost catch them uh, during that series, but they did win. Uh, we split the series, so they have pulled a, ahead of us again. So, But hopefully we can catch them and win the division. Yep, still have a few games left. Um, looks like Minnesota is going to win the Central. They're nine games ahead of Cleveland. I just don't see Cleveland really being able to come back that deficit to try and win the AL Central. The West, though, the Astros are only a half game ahead of Texas. Against uh, uh, a half game ahead of the Rangers. That's that's coming right down to the wire. Yeah, that's that's going to come down to the last game of the season. The Houston Texans, the Texas Rangers, and the Mariners. Mariners are, are a game out. Are all one game apart. Freaking crazy. And the Blue Jays, they they uh, jumped back into a wild card position as well. Yep. Atlanta's already secured the NL East. Uh, Philly's holding on to that wild card spot, though. Uh, the NL Central, Milwaukee, six games up right now over the Cubbies. Pretty sure they can hold on to that unless the Cubbies make a, a late push. Um, and then the West, the Dodgers are the Dodgers that they have been for a while now. Clinch that division pretty easy. Yeah, you can't ever sleep on those Dodgers, man. No. Wild card, though, Tampa Bay has got that first wild card spot in the American League. Toronto, half a game behind? No, nine behind. I'm sorry. But they're only half a game ahead of Texas and a half a game ahead of Seattle. So it's really Toronto, Texas, and Seattle battling for that final wild card spot at the end of the season. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the wire for sure. Hopefully the uh, Blue Jays especially can uh, find some consistency. Yep. the Philly In the National League, the Phillies uh, have a three-and-a-half game lead above Arizona right now for the first wild card spot. Arizona has a half game lead ahead of the Cubs with Miami a half a game behind that. Cincinnati a game and a half behind that. San Francisco, three games, and the Padres, five and a half. National League wild cards looking a little crazy. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think by the end of the season, I think the National League will be a little bit more defined gap-wise. Um, I do think the American League is a little stronger than the National League. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, you never know. I mean... Heck, if uh, Cincinnati goes on a run, they they could secure the wild card spot. There's plenty of games left, so absolutely. And uh, my Red Sox suck, so that's that's where that's where that's at. Yay! <laughs> they did fire their GM though. Yes, Chain Bloom did get fired after four seasons, and I am so happy. Brick, I'm ready for next season already. Let's go. <laughs> All right, moving on from the. Red Sox's turmoil. Uh, breaking news. Um, this came out um, yesterday, I believe. I saw it on Sportsnet. Uh, we're getting into hockey now. Steven Stamkos, captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning, has been the face of that franchise for the better part of 15 years and leads all time in almost every single category. No extension talks over the summer. Oh! <gasps> What? Shay, I got to tell you, as a Lightning fan, this makes me a little bit concerned that uh, Julian Brisebois has not sat down with Steven Stamkos and worked out an extension yet. Listen, as a Bruins fan, I love this. However, because I'm not, I would like to think that I'm not a terrible person. Steven Stamkos has done a lot for your organization, like you said, the face and everything like that, right? For so, so long. To not give this guy, who's done so much, even not even come to the table for talks about an extension? What is going on in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I gotta say, as uh, Steven Stamkos, if I was him, I'd be a little bit offended. I, I agree 100%. Now, you know, are they banking on him 
potentially having an off year because he's getting up there in age and all that. Maybe, but still, you 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 owe the guy the respect of, you know, hey, let's at least come to the table and work something out because he's like you said, he's been the face of the franchise for fifteen years. Yeah, and he even came out and said that he uh, is pretty disappointed. Which, right there, kind of tells you everything. So, I, I, as a Lightning fan, I would be worried moving forward. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I'm sure uh, Breezeball will come around. I, I don't think he's going to let Steven Stamkos go. Um, I think if Steven Stamkos, uh, we lose him in uh, free agency, I, I think the Lightning's run is done. Time to start rebuilding. That'll, that'll huh? be the yep. That'll be the beginning of the retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, that's going to be the end of an era for sure. Oh yeah, if he goes, absolutely. And right when I got my Steven Stamkos <laughs> reverse retro jersey, <laughs> man, sucks to be a Tampa fan right now. I guess. But hey, yeah. you got how many Stanley Cups in the last few years? Now we got, uh, since you asked, as a Bruins <laughs> fan, let me rub it in your face a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had two Stanley Cups, three straight appearances in the Stanley Cup final. Yep. From 2015 to 2023. Yep. We've appeared in every playoffs except for one in 2017. We've had multiple conference run, conference finals runs. And yeah, so and remind me again where the Bruins are right now. Moving on, Mike Babcock resigns from Columbus. What? I'm just saying, (laughs) this is just very awkward. He was just hired, he was hired in the offseason. Um, the reports from a podcast called Spin Chicklets um, and other reporters have pointed to the fact that he asked Columbus Blue Jackets players um, for pictures, um, apparently to go through their phone, and even that he saved the pictures on his desktop, like his work computer. since then, Boone Jenner, captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Johnny Gaudreau have came out and said that, you know, there was no harm. It was just they were sharing family photos yeah. and they're just trying to get to know them better. But some of the younger Columbus Blue Jackets players uh, didn't think so. They were very uncomfortable with this. I got to say, Columbus this season, I don't think anything's going to happen because of. This is such a big distraction. Yeah, and uh, General Manager Yarmil Kakalainen's job is definitely uh, on the ropes with this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Babcock has been a controversial figure throughout his coaching tenure. It was a controversial decision at the time to hire him in the first place. And what do you know? Controversy has ended his short tenure in Columbus. Hopefully, I feel bad for the fans. This is probably not, obviously not something any fan base wants to go through, but hopefully they are able to, you know, work through it. And hey, you know what? Maybe they'll surprise us, make the playoffs. You never know. Yeah, for uh, Kakalainen's sake, they better make the playoffs or that's definitely going to cost him his job. Yep. Okay, so we're going to take a short break here. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank Um, you. Coming up, we'll have a little bit more hockey news to go briefly go over, including the PWHL, the newly formed women's league. We're going to give you an update on the NASCAR playoffs. And we're also going to dive right into football for the very first time. So uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and follow us. Like the podcast, follow us, and turn on the notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here in a bit. See you on the flip side.
Welcome back, everybody, after that short break. Breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. From ESPN and the Associated Press, Milwaukee Brewers right-hander J.C. Mejia was suspended 162 games by Major League Baseball today after testing positive for a performance-enhancing drug. Stanazol. Thank you, Google. <laughs> uh, Mejia tested positive for... Stanazol. Thank you, Google. According to a release from the league, he's the first player suspended under the Major League Drug Agreement from this season. Uh, Mejia had been suspended 80 games back in May of 2022 from the same steroid. And he got caught doing it again. He, now he's done for a whole length of a season, 162 games, and he won't be able to play baseball again until September of next year. You know, I understand the pressure. Well, I don't understand, but because I'm not an athlete, obviously, that's why I'm in a podcast. <laughs> but athletes have a lot of pressure, right? So I can kind of start to understand the motive for taking performance enhancing drugs, but it's just not worth the risk. It's not worth throwing away your career like that. Like if you want to be good at the sport, just practice. Right. Yeah. And, and to, to just throw away essentially your whole career, your, all the money you're going to get, the fame and everything. And at the end of the day, it's not even about that. It's all about your love for the sport, right? And you're just throwing it all away because you want to get that much better and you're going to take a, a, you know, a drug to be able to do that. It's just, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not at all. All right. So after that breaking headline, um, we're going to dive back into the hockey. We got some new team captains for you guys from the Vancouver Canucks. Quinn Hughes, the leading defensive scorer in Vancouver last year, is the new captain. Ooh. We got Braden Shen in St. Louis, Adam Lowry in Winnipeg, and Brad Marchand ooh, in Boston. Yeah, ooh. there we go. But really, uh, out of all of them, Brad Marchand, you know, you hate the guy but I respect him. Very well-deserved captaincy right there. Yep, the 27th captain in the history of the Boston Bruins organization, celebrating their 100th year this upcoming season, their centennial year, and no one deserves it more. Agreed. And I got to say, those centennial jerseys look pretty sharp. Oh, yeah, they do. Yes, they do. All right, moving on. Um, out of the Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale still RFAs and still with no contracts. That means we're restricted free agents. Thank you, Shay. Um, which is pretty surprising considering that those are basically their young core players that are going to be there for years to come. Um, another player, Troy Terry, uh, signed a contract this past season. I believe it was eight million for eight years, um, which has got to really give a good sense of what Trevor Zegers's value is. Um, but they haven't came to an agreement yet, and news is they're not even close. And this is Anaheim, right? The Ducks. Yeah. Well, at least they have those fantastic 30th anniversary jerseys going for them. Which I'm going to get <laughs> in October, baby. Can't wait. If you guys haven't seen them yet, look them up. They're, they're fantastic. They are so good. So, so good. All right, moving on, guys. We have a brand new league to talk about. <gasps> the PWHL. The Pro That's Professional Women's Hockey League. Thank you, Jairus. It was formed after, what, two, two separate leagues Joined together? Yeah, um, they had dissolved, and then uh, they had banded together, formed the PWHL. Um, they named their commissioner. They've named all their head coaches. 
and all their GMs. We have six teams. Six. The first original six for the PWHL. We got Boston. Oh, yeah. It's, I'm so glad to be, once again, part of the original six. It's just such an honor. We got New York, Minnesota, Montreal, <laughs> Ottawa, and Toronto as the first six inaugural teams of the PWHL. And the PWHL did hold their first ever draft this past Monday. Um, after a brief free agency period where the teams were allowed to sign up to three free agents, um, the draft consisted of 90 players, 15 rounds, six players each selected in a round. And as a special treat for you guys, we are going to profile the first round picks from the PWHL draft. So with the first overall pick, Minnesota selects Taylor Heisey, age 23, position forward from the Minnesota Golden Gophers of the NCAA. In her college career, in 172 games played, she scored 96 goals, 129 assists for a total of 225 points. Wow. Phenomenal. And as an international competitor for Team USA, she has won World Championship Silver, World Championship Gold. Yeah. At the Under-18 Worlds, she's a three-time gold medalist. Awesome. And her other accolades include two-time WCHA Offensive Player of the Year. And in the 2021-2022 season, she led the entire NCAA in scoring with 66 points and won the Patty Casimir Award as Best Female Hockey Player of the Year. That's awesome. And in World Championships, she was named an MVP with a lead in all of scoring. You just kept on going with all her accolades. Man, she is phenomenal. Yeah. And. And. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there's more to come. With the second overall pick, Toronto selects Jocelyn LaRoque, age, dirty, age 35, position defense. From Team Adidas of the PWHPA, which is one of the former hockey leagues. Right, gotcha. Former women's hockey leagues, I believe with the PWA. So I put the ages as a little disclaimer because since she's 35, she did have her college career earlier back in 2007. But just for the sake of this format, I limited it to NCAA careers and international competition and individual accolades. Right. So in her NCAA career with the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, in 127 games played, she scored 19 goals, 86 assists for a total of 105 points. Nice. Now you may be asking yourself, that's a good point total, you yeah. know, not the 225 points that Taylor Heisey scored. Right, right. But let me tell you what, this girl is a decorative international competitor. Let's hear it. For Team Canada, she scored two-time gold Olympic medal and an Olympic silver medal. Wow. She scored um, world championship gold three times. Three. Is a five-time silver world championship five. medalist. And won bronze at the World Championships in 2019. Look at all those medals. And her individual accolades include 2011 WCHA Defensive Player of the Year. And in the other leagues that she has competed in, she is a three-time Women Western Hockey League champion, a two-time NCAA champion, and a Canadian, West, Canadian Women's Hockey League champion. Excuse me. So that Toronto team is going to have an amazing veteran there to to lead them and be a fantastic leader. Yeah. As a little disclaimer, 
part of my pausing this is on an excel spreadsheet that i made up myself so i'm just reading it so please forgive me all right moving on with the third overall pick in the pwhl draft boston selects alina moeller yeah age 25 and she's a center let's go and an interesting thing about this draft that the first round was dominated by defense. Four out of the six selections were defensemen. Ooh, okay. So, in Alina Moeller's college career with the Northeastern Huskies, in 159 games played, she scored 98 goals, 156 assists for 254 points. Oh, she's going to be great with Boston. And as an international competitor for Team Switzerland, she scored 2014 Olympic medal bronze. And interestingly enough, she is the youngest ice hockey player at 15 years old to ever win an Olympic medal. Wow. That's and awesome. She scored the game winning goal <laughs> in that game. <laughs> Can you imagine 15 years old scoring the game winning goal for your country in a medal round? No, I was on a marching band field at 15, so I cannot. Wow. And at the under-18 Worlds, she is a gold medalist and a silver medalist in 2014 and 2013, respectively. She is a two-time Swiss League champ with her Swiss team, the ZSC Lions Frauen. Um, she's a three-time Swiss Ice Hockey Woman of the Year Award recipient and a five-time Patty Casimir Award finalist. Nice. But never won it. Never won Surprisingly. it. Surprisingly. <clears throat> I was very surprised when I read that. Wow. Boston's in good hands. <laughs> All right, moving on. With the fourth overall pick, New York selects Ella Shelton, age 25, position defenseman, from Team Scotiabank of the PWHPA. Okay, okay. In her NCAA career with the Clarkson Golden Knights in 153 games, she scored 26 goals, 82 assists for a total of 108 points. Very nice. Very nice. As a defenseman. As a defenseman, yeah. Very nice. And in international competition with Team Canada, she won Olympic gold in 2022. At the World Championships, she won gold in 2021 and 2022 with a silver in 2023. And her accolades include a two-time NCAA champion recipient. Very nice. Good for New York. Yeah. All right. With the fifth overall pick, Ottawa selects from Team Harvey's of the PWHPA, Savannah Harmon, age 27, position defenseman. And in her college career, also with the Clarkson Golden Knights, she played 160 games and recorded 30 goals, 83 assists for a total of 113 points. And in international competition with Team USA, she won Olympic silver in 2022. She won gold at the World Championships in 2023 and was a two-time World Championship silver medalist. She is also a two-time NCAA champion mm. as the captain. As the captain. She's a PWHPA champion and a Patty Casimir Award finalist. Oh, yeah. And with our last pick of the first round, six overall, Montreal selects from Team Sonnet of the PWHPA, Aaron Ambrose, age 29, position defenseman. Also, with the Clarkson Golden Knights of hmm. the NCAA. Interesting. Very, very nice, Clarkson. They must have good development. Yeah. In 132 games played, she recorded 33 goals, 104 assists for 137 points. As a defenseman. Pretty impressive. And in international competition with Team Canada, she won Olympic gold in 2022 World Championship Bronze in 2019, was a two-time silver World Championship medalist, and won World Championship Gold twice. And at the Under-18 tournament, she won silver in 2011 and gold in 2010 and 2012. Ooh. 
for her individual accolades, she is a 2014 NCAA champion. She was a 2019 CWHL Defenseman of the Year, and she was a Patty Casimir Award finalist. Wow. So big round of applause to the first round of these incredible women. Absolutely. The the PWHL, I think, I, I personally, and I know you are too, am so excited for this to to start and to see it grow. I'm I'm so happy for all the women hockey players out there and this this is a great opportunity for them to look up to this league and hopefully be compared to the NHL in a great way and just over the years keep building and building up and just be you know, be fantastic for women everywhere. This is this is just great. This is great. Boston's gonna win the first championship. Let's go. He only says that because Boston's not close to a championship in the NHL. So, <sighs> oh my god. Sorry, Shay. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, leading off of that, the NHL will be very smart, I think, to jump on this as well. Yes. Not only is this good for the growth of the game for women. But women will get into the NHL as well, and it's only going to grow the NHL as well. Exactly. Having the support, uh, the PWHL having the support of the NHL. Having, you know, having current NHL players, you know, in the cities of Boston, New York, Toronto, you know, all the cities in the PWHL, having those NHL players go to the games of the PWHL and support their you know, other teams in the same cities, it's going to be, to see that hopefully would be amazing. The NHL should jump all over that. All right. Now we're going to get into NASCAR playoff updates. So this past weekend, the round of 16 ended and this upcoming Sunday, the round of 12 begins. So four drivers in total were eliminated and what a final race of the round of 16 it was. Bubba Wallace, what a race for him. Um, he overcame the second biggest point deficit in, a, in an elimination race to advance to the next round. He was 19 points behind, and he finished four points ahead of the cutoff line. So happy for him. He, he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, great hard work. But you know who didn't move on? Who's that, Jairus? Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick in his final season. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah, I feel bad for him. You know, he's not going to, you know, he made the playoffs. He had the opportunity to compete for a championship. You know, he's out early, but I'll tell you what, what an incredible career. Yep. One of the greatest, one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR, in the history of NASCAR. He will absolutely be. A future Hall of Famer by far. So we wanted to give you guys a little bit of a career highlight for Kevin Harvick. So Harvick is in his 23rd and final season. He will be joining the Fox Sports booth next season to call the Fox uh, NASCAR races. He raced 819 races. That's phenomenal. So many. That's a lot of going around in circles. <laughs> he has 60 wins total, 10th all-time, 251 top five finishes, 442 top 10 finishes. Wow. Average finish of 12.8 place. 2007 Daytona 500 winner, 2014 Cup Series champion, 2001 and 2006 Xfinity Series champion, Career Grand Slam champion, Daytona, Talladega, Charlotte, Darlington. And that uh, includes the Daytona 500. Um, Talladega is known as the Winston 500. Charlotte at the Coca-Cola 600. And Darlington at the Southern 500. And interesting fact about the Grand Slam. It used to be a thing where if a player won all four races in the year, they would get a million dollar bonus. So I did throw that in there because I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, I I did not know that. 
Career Grand Slam just means that he won all four of those races throughout his career. He also had 777 consecutive starts. As of now. As of now. And he will have 784 by the end of the season, which ranks him third all time. So, phenomenal career for Kevin Harvick coming to a close. Unfortunately, did not make, you know, did not move on in the playoffs, was eliminated. But he's still a champion, one of the best to ever do it, future Hall of Famer by far. Phenomenal, phenomenal career. Also, some of his individual accolades include 2001 Rookie of the Year, and he was named to NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers list. He raced for Stuart Haas up until, or sorry, excuse me. He raced for Richard Childress from 2001 to 2013. Mm -hmm. And then starting in 2014 till the end of his career, he will have raced for Stuart Haas. So congratulations, Kevin Harvick, on a phenomenal career. And we wish you the best in retirement. Exactly. All right, guys. Football. <laughs> what a season it has been so far in the NFL. Man, we got week two comebacks by the Giants and the Commanders. Yeah, Shay, I got to tell you, very unprecedented comebacks. What a pair of games it was. The Giants went six quarters without scoring any points. And then the second half of the game here in week two against the Cardinals, huh, we'll, just, we'll just come back and beat them. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, just like, all right, you know, Arizona, that's cute, right? Yeah. All right, move over. Get destroyed by Dallas. 40 to nothing as well. And then make the great comeback. Commanders, Broncos are up, what, 20, 17 to 3 or something 21 like that? 21 to 3. Washington's like, hold up a minute. <laughs> and a very uh, a very great game until the end. Russell Wilson with a 50-yard touchdown in the closing seconds of the game. Hail Mary. Unfortunately, they could not convert on the two-pointer. Nope, and they... They lost. Commanders win 35-33. to 33. Crazy. Um, just rolling in to the season here, the Bills bounce back after their week one upset to the Jets. They bounce back to get a huge win this week. Josh Allen looking like Josh Allen back to form. No turnovers this week, which we know someone that's very happy about that. <laughs> the Jets, like we said last week, had the big upset win over the Bills, but then this week, nothing. Yeah, let's talk about that week one game, right? Zach Wilson, the best quarterback. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say it with a straight face. No, Zach Wilson didn't do anything, right? No. No, he didn't do much. He he had he had a touchdown. Yeah, he had, he had I mean, one throwing touchdown, you know. But yeah. the big story out of that game, Garrett Wilson with three picks. Three picks. All in the same game. Same game. Crazy. And Aaron Rodgers. Dun dun dun. Four plays. Four plays into his Tenure with the New York Jets. Done. I got to say, though, that was an incredible flag run. Again. <laughs> it was. It was It was great. September 11th and everything. It was great. But nope, he's done. But he's saying if the Jets make the playoffs, he might be ready for playoffs. After a torn Achilles? What? Yeah, we'll see. That that would definitely be something. Imagine if they win the Super Bowl, right? Oh my like, god. Dude, football would just <laughs> every I'm sure everybody would be perfectly happy oh, with that. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. But Jarris, yeah. the Bengals. 
They're 0-2. What is going on in Cincinnati? They looked terrible the first week. Second week, they looked, they looked a little better, but still came up short against Baltimore. Yeah, as a Bengals fan, you got to be a little mildly concerned, especially since Joe Burrow signed the richest contract to date in NFL history. He did. But it looked like in that second game, you know, in week two, he re-aggravated that calf injury that he got in training camp. Is that Has that actually been plaguing him this whole time? The Bengals started 0-2 last year, and look, they turned it around, obviously. Can they do it again this year? I think if anybody can, it's definitely Joe Burrow and the Bengals for sure. I, I agree. Hopefully his calf injury isn't anything serious and it doesn't continue to hinder him moving forward throughout the season. But little worrisome start here to the new the new NFL season for, for Cincinnati fans. Yeah. Also in injury news, this one was so hard oh, to watch. Yeah. Um Nick, right? Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb, yep. Nick Chubb of the Browns out with knee injury for the season. Likely probably has played his last game of his career. Just blew his knee out. Just, oh. If you guys have not seen that clip, if you watch it, you can just feel the lead ligaments, the knee ligaments tearing. Viewer discretion is advised for that one. Yeah, knees are not supposed to bend like that. No. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. The whole sports world reacted and was very upset. Uh, the Browns, even without Chubb, almost got the victory. But the Steelers hang, hung on there. Final play of the game, or not the final play of the game, but the, the one that sealed it was, you know, the the fumble from Watson, T.J. Watt, scooping it up, run to the end zone, scoring the touchdown, and that ended up being, you know, the play to seal the deal. But, oh, the Browns, you know, Nick Chubb, he, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Super hard runner. And he's going to be a weapon sorely, sorely missed there in Cleveland. And they, Deshaun Watson is going to have to step up because they don't, you know, he doesn't have Nick Chubb. Also, um, coming out of Monday Night Football, the Saints are victorious over the Panthers, 20-17. to 17. And... Mm-hmm. The entire NFC South, besides the Panthers, are two and zero. Two and zero. That's including the Bucks, the Saints, and the Falcons, and the Falcons. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Jairus, your Jags though. Yeah. One and one, right? Yeah, one and one. One and one. So better than the Bengals, but. Yeah, they're they're looking. Eh. It's the start to the season, you know. Yeah. We'll see. The Eagles, for me, you know, 2-0. But we've had a couple ugly victories. Offense is slowly starting to get there. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's the man. They'll figure it out. It's just early in the season. We're going to gel over time. Philly's going to get right back to the Super Bowl. Don't you worry. Uh, I I root for them. I rooted for them against Kansas. So, you know, I they obviously weren't like an underdog, but. Um, I think Kansas City was favored to win that yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, they were. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, hopefully the Jags can rebound. The Bengals definitely should rebound. If uh, we go down 0-3, I'll probably start getting a little bit concerned. Yeah, for sure. So, All right. Well, that's going to conclude this week's episode. Um, again, thank you guys for watching, and thank you guys for all your support. Um, it really means a lot. Um, if you haven't already, make sure to like the podcast, follow and turn on the notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And again, we have socials now, Facebook, Instagram. They're in the description. They will be linked in the description. Please go follow those and also make sure to follow our new Spotify page under Just Saying. And we will be posting this to Amazon Music and iHeartRadio as well. And Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. So make sure to check that out. And thank you guys for listening again, as always. 
and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.